0: Well, this is the fourth lesson of uh, our lesson on uh, the four stages of Christian growth. We're calling this one young man stage. We've looked at the other two stages out of the four, baby Christian stage and little child stage. And these have proven to be some pretty convicting messages because, uh, well, you get to see where you are and where you're not. And the other thing is it can be almost overwhelming because you realize I've been walking with God this long and I'm still in baby stage. Or I've been walking with God this long and the best I am is a little child. Well, hopefully with, with, with this lesson today, you'll get to see maybe you do have some characteristics of a, of a young man or young woman and you can have some hope and encouragement. One of the things we want to keep in mind with these lessons is that these stages as, as the New Testament expounds upon them, little, our baby stage, little child, young man and father, They don't, it's not like you you do one more good work and then you wake up the next morning and ta-da, you're an adult in Christ. Or you, all right, we clap the hand, we sing a song, and now you're a father in the faith. These things are gradational and they're transitional. And you kind of, as a baby, start to develop childlike qualities and you're maturing. And then before long, you get most of your entire being as a Christian into childhood stage. But you still have some straggling things in little child stage, but now you're stretching forth towards adult stage. or young man, what the Bible calls young man, and then you slowly begin to transition most of your entire Christian walk into young man stage, but you still got some parts straggling back behind there in little child stage. And even every once in a while you act like a baby. And even we say that in English in America, quit acting like a big baby. You're a grown man, quit acting like such a baby, dry it up, or quit acting like such a little girl. And so we say that to encourage you, that there's nothing you're going to do that one day, all right, I, it's, it's not like graduation from college or high school, where you fulfill all the requirements. I get one more hour in, in, in PE, and I'm going to do bowling, and then I get to graduate. That's not how this thing works. You're always striving to the next phase. But let's jump in here and look at young man stage. As we have seen, God expects his children to grow and develop. And hopefully that's the greatest thing we're getting out of these lessons is that we cannot stay the same. We've got to grow. God wants so much more out of us. And really, we might add there that until the day you take your last breath, God's expecting you to grow. He's expecting you to walk with Him. We have already studied baby stage and little child stage, and we have seen how they very closely mirror the natural developmental stages of life. This lesson will focus on the characteristics and qualities of a Christian that has developed into a young man or woman in Christ. Remember that these stages have no relation to one's natural age. That's where we often get beat up or condemned, realizing I, I'm 50 years old and I've been a Christian 30 years and I'm still a baby. That can be very condemning can very convicting at the same time. It is possible to be 65 years old and still be a baby Christian. Likewise, it is also possible for someone to be a 24-year-old and be in the young man stage in Christ and in that regard be more spiritually mature than the 65-year-old babe. God's not so much interested in age. Even he told Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. Timothy was probably in his late 20s, early 30s, uh, and and he was a pastor, and he was having to deal with older people in his church there at Ephesus, and Paul said, make sure they don't despise your youth. He had obviously become a young man in the faith, mature enough to be a pastor, and uh, yet he had some of the old folks trying to despise his youth because they said, we're older than you, we know more than you, then why aren't you in charge? If you know more than me, somebody forgot to send God the memo (laughs) to put you in charge. So we understand that. Our age has nothing to do with it. And even the length of time you've walked with God has nothing to do with it. You can spend 20 years walking with God and go nowhere because you walked in circles. What we want to do, as as theologians have pointed out, we want to get there as quick as possible. Theologians point out that the trip from the Red Sea to Canaan land should only be about 11 days maybe 12, two weeks at most. And they would have walked with God from the Red Sea to the Jordan River. It's kind of a northern, northern arc. Instead, they walked with God for 40 years in circles and went nowhere with God. We want to make sure that when we die, whether we go in the rapture or we take our last breath in a ripe old age, that we have not walked in circles for 40 years, but we went from A to B. And if you study mathematics, they'll tell you the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. It's not one of these squiggle things. Let's get there as quick as possible. So let's look at this natural allegory. We've looked at the natural allegory in the other two stages. Uh, As a child matures from adolescence into young adult, certain levels of maturity and independence are achieved. So we're just looking at, think of a teenager right now. A teenager may be about to be a freshman in college. A child approaching young adulthood no longer has to be reminded to care for their self. They have become somewhat self-sufficient in most of life's basics. Though there are many areas yet to be encountered, a child entering into adulthood has learned how to learn and how to apply their experience toward future successes. And so we say, you think about uh, 15-year-old, 16-year-old, 19-year-old, these folks are transitioning from older childhood into young adulthood and in that stage of just the natural life they know how to learn they have learned how to learn they've learned how to apply what they've learned they know how to care for themselves and there's certain things they've got down they're not really children anymore they're definitely not babes though emotionally they might still be in some areas so here's are some things uh, the teenage college student understands uh, for example the teenage college student understands and maintains personal hygiene and dress this is something they had to be taught as a little child. That brings us back to the little baby stage. You don't teach babies how to care for themselves. They're not able to understand that. But when, the little, when a baby becomes a child, you can start to teach how to care for yourself. This is how we brush our teeth. Have you brushed your teeth? Uh, this is how you put on clothes. No, you put the clothes on backwards. Let's put them on right. And so what we want to do is we want to start looking at this and seeing how we're starting to change and grow up the the teenage college student, uh, point number two, understands and demonstrates proper behavioral protocol for most aspects of social life. We're just looking at what, what the changes we start to see as a a human being grows from baby to little child into young adulthood. And so because with those, we can understand how a Christian will go from baby Christianity to little child Christianity to young man or young woman Christianity. And in the natural, a, a teenager, a college student, this person transitioning into young adulthood, they understand and they know how to carry themselves behaviorally wise in most aspects of life. You know you don't cuss the teacher. You know you pull over for a police officer. You've learned by now that when the ambulance is behind you, you pull over. When a funeral's coming towards you, you pull over. You know how to keep your voice down. Remember when you were a child, you were taught inside voice and outside voice. When you become an adult or young adult, you still remember inside voice and outside voice. These things you were taught, you're no longer having to be reminded of. That's one of the big changes between being a child in Christ and being a young man. You no longer have to be reminded of so much stuff. They have learned it and they've practiced it. They understand most of the natural world's dangers and corresponding safety precautions. A teenager understands that spiders can bite. My little girl understands nothing about that. She thinks spiders are edible. If we leave a dead beetle on the ground, she'll eat the thing. But a teenager understands you don't eat bugs. A little child still doesn't really understand. A little child might know spiders are icky, but she, they don't know which ones are safe and which ones are poisonous. My little girl right now likes to play on the gas uh, the gas fireplace. That's gonna stop here when it gets winter time. She's gonna learn very quickly fire equals hot right now i don't mind it because she just likes the noise it makes when she plays on the grate but we'll have to start to train her you can't do that fire burns you right now we don't let her get anywhere near the electrical sockets though they're all safety protected just as practice but when she becomes a teenager she knows you don't play around a fire and you don't stick things in electrical outlet we're just looking at the natural allegory of us growing up because just as we grow as human beings and we're eager to grow as human beings we have to be eager to grow as Christians too. Every kid wants to hurry up and be an adult. Every teenager wants to hurry up and get their license. Every college kid wants to hurry up and get out of college and get a job and make some money. Everybody in every area of life is always wanting to hurry up and grow up, except for the Christian. And the Christian, they just kind of want to do their thing. But Christ Jesus expects us to grow and advance. So let's look at our next point before we get into some scriptures here. Young adults or teenage college students in the natural, they understand and obey time and time constraints. They understand the time clock. They understand what time it is. It's bedtime. I don't want to go to bed. Go to bed. They understand they get one hour to do homework. They understand they have to be at work at a certain time. That's why you can hire a 15-year-old to do a job. You hire a 16-year-old. They, they're mature enough. And so they also understand nutrition and can regulate their own diet. Uh, by Little children will eat anything, by the time they're six, seven, eight, nine years old, mommy and dad are teaching them, this is healthy, this is unhealthy. We don't eat ice cream all day long, we have to have a balanced diet. By the time you get into college, you, you've already studied, you know how to make your body do what it needs to do. I need more carbs, I gotta do some carb loading. I need more protein, I need more meat because I'm lifting weights. I need to lay off the sugars. I need more fat in my diet if I'm gonna go for a long run, whatever it is. You've learned that by now. But when you're still developing, you don't know these stuff. They understand and hopefully proper manage, properly manage money. They uh, have a better grasp of their emotions. They know how to share, know how to sacrifice, know how to cooperate, etc. Though there is much for a burgeoning young man to still learn, he has learned and practiced enough to not require an ever watchful parental eye. He can be trusted to step out into life and yet find his home, his way home again. That's one of the things that distinguishes a little child from a developing young adult. Even in the natural, they don't have to be reminded of everything. They have been reminded enough times through their childhood. Now they've learned it. And because they don't have to be reminded, wash behind your ears, brush your teeth, don't forget to put gas in your tank, don't forget to pay your electric bill or your cell phone bill, you can let them go into the world and they'll know how to find their way back home. That's what we want to look at now we get, as we get into the scriptures about young adults in Christ. They don't have to be reminded of everything. They don't have to be reminded, be a tither. They don't have to be reminded, read your Bible. They don't have to be reminded, come to church. They don't have to be reminded, pray. They don't have to be reminded, be led by the Holy Spirit. They've heard all this enough. They've gotten it in them and they've matured. They've advanced. Now, there's always going to be some things we need to be reminded of. Just like even as an adult, even the credit card company reminds you to pay your bill. And so that's what we're going to look at here you can be trusted to step out into life and yet find your way home again. So let's look at our next section here, spiritual young men and women. It should be noted that there are far fewer verses dealing with young men, and that's the term the Bible uses. There's fewer verses dealing with young men than there are addressing babes and little children. That's a little bit of a scary point. This may be because fewer Christians develop into young men than remain babes and little children. A bulk of your New Testament passages deal with little children and babes. And it just may be because most Christians never advance out of that stage. You're always going to deal with the biggest problem at hand. And if the biggest problem in the body of Christ is a lack of growing up, then that's what you're going to spend all your time addressing. If my engine's running fine, I don't deal with my engine. I deal with whatever's wrong, maybe the tires my tires are always having issues, I'm always going to deal with the tires. And if the bulk of the body of Christ is always staying in a little child stage, that's what you've got to deal with. Even fewer scriptures address fathers in the faith. Below we will discover what a young man in Christ looks and acts like. For simplicity's sake, we will use the term young man for both male and female. And we're not sexist, so we just want you to know that we're going to use young man, even though we're talking about young women too. So let's look at eight attributes. If you remember, yesterday we had 11 attributes. In the previous time, for, little, for babes, we had 12 attributes. So we're dropping off here. We only have eight, what I can find, eight attributes of young men in Christ because most Christians will never probably reach that stage. They'll stay forever uh, spiritually retarded in their growth. They'll, just, they'll never go beyond little child stage. They just always want to, and we hear that in college, we hear that in the adult world, they just never want to grow up. They, they just, they're, they're just immature. Boy, they don't act like a 40-year-old. They act like a 20-year-old. We want to advance. Uh, let us look now at several biblical traits commonly found in Christians who have entered the young man, young woman stage of Christian development. So let's look at some verses now. We're going to hop into this. 1 John 2.13 and 1 John 2.14c says, I write unto you young men. In those same verses, he says, Fathers, young men, and little children. So uh, that's John. He's addressing different levels of Christianity, different stages of growth. He says, I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. The next verse says the exact same thing. John 2.13 and John 2.14 says it again. I have written unto you, young men, you have overcome the wicked one. So the first and greatest aspect that will let you know you're a young man or young woman in Christ is you walk in constant victory. You are living in victory. Young men know how to walk in victory. They're overcomers. Now, positionally, baby Christians are overcomers, but they've yet to even learn that there's something to overcome. They don't know, what, they don't know there's something to overcome. And once they do learn there's something to overcome, then they've got to learn to come over it. And that takes a lot of practice. And once you figure out how to come over it, now you're an overcomer. You can tell you're a young man or a young woman in Christ when you live always at an overcoming place. You've always got the victory. Yeah, you've got battles, but you're always knocking them down. This trait is mentioned twice in two verses back to back. This is one of the strongest indicators of a maturing saint. They are able to stand on their own. You have overcome. It's, it's a specific you. Aquila has overcome. Shayla has overcome. Vera has overcome. You have overcome the wicked one. Li- they live lives defined by victories, not attempted victories. Your life ought to be defined by victory. Yeah, you've got battles all the time, that's part of it. Even Paul had battles, but you're always getting the victory. And you can tell you've become a young man when battle doesn't freak you out. You say, ah, it's like every other battle. We just go to battle. The victory's assured, I just got to walk this thing out, swing a sword, throw a punch, blow something up, but we come home safe. All it is now is just a matter of walking it out. That's a young man, they have that kind of faith. Now, little children still fall apart. Little children are still learning to overcome. But young men, they got it. They've got the victory. They have uh, overcome condemnation. They have overcome sinful habits. They have overcome lying ploys. They live as overcomers, not coming overs. <laughs> coming overs is you're still doing it. You know, you're, you're coming over. Overcomers have overcome. Coming overs are still coming over. Little children are coming overs. And that's why they have a a pastor heavily in their life. That's why they fellowship with a lot of Christians. They encourage each other. You can do it. Come on. We can do it. Come on. You can tell the difference between a little child and a young man. A little child needs lots and lots of encouragement. A young man, if he never hears any, he'll encourage himself. That's one of the big differences. Overcomers have overcome. Coming overs are still coming over. Look at First John 2, 14. See, I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong. And there's a similar proverb. Proverbs 20, 29 says, The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is their gray head. Young men have a spiritual strength about them. That's critical. If you're a young man in Christ, you've got some strength. Uh, they, they tell us that a, a, a natural human man, he reaches his peak at about 30 to 35. That is his peak physical condition. Typically your Navy SEALs are in their late 20s and mid, early to mid thirties. That's peak physical condition. Even when you're in your twenties, you're still developing. I got to college and grew four inches. I was 18, 19, 20, 21. Uh, excuse me, three inches. Six five ten, five 11, six, six, one, So four inches. You're still developing. But see, you've got some strength about you. Young men or young women in Christ, they're strong. Little children, we we look at it in the natural. Who's stronger, a 20-year-old or a 10-year-old? 20-year-old. Who's got more muscle development, a 20-year-old or a 12-year-old? 20-year-old. And so we see that when you're in Christ as a young man and you've matured, you've got this strength. You're able to stand. And having done all to stand, you stand some more. You have a strength about you that nobody can move or persuade you. you. You've got this thing about you. Young men have a spiritual strength about them. Their faith has grown through hearing the Word and experience has been gained by acting on the Word. That's one of the things that differentiates a a little child from a young man. Little children are still having to hear and hear and hear and be reminded and hear and hear. What did I tell you, Johnny? What did I tell you, Sally? Uh, Yes, ma'am, did you clean up your room? I forgot. I forgot. Little children have to hear and be reminded and hear and be reminded and hear and be reminded. But young men, they no longer have to be reminded. They now act on what they've been reminded. When I got to college, I made my bed up. Nobody told me to. I didn't have to. I did because I was trained to. I took care of myself. I dressed myself. I knew how my body worked and how it didn't work. I had been trained. And that's what made me a young man in college. And it goes the same way in the things of the kingdom. Young men and young women in Christ don't have to be reminded of everything. They've got a good grasp of it. They, they've got everything pretty much, they've got a solid grasp on just about everything. It's just a matter of developing it in a greater depth. And when you develop it in a greater depth, that's what gives you that strength. This strength keeps you from falling. This strength keeps you from falling apart. We could even say that this strength is also in your soul. It's your, it's your emotional fortitude. You don't fall apart. And when they tell you you've got this at the doctor's office, young men and women don't fall apart. Little children do. But young men and women don't. They've got a strength. That's what he said there. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong. And the glory or the honor of young men is their strength. Look at the middle part of the paragraph there. They are now somewhat seasoned in the things of God. They can stand on their own. They can walk with God on their own. They can run their race on their own. They no longer need a cheerleader to be motivated. One of the things I spend way too much time doing as a pastor is cheerleading Christians who should already be young men and women in Christ. I have no problem cheerleading the new members. I have no problem cheerleading the new converts. But those that have been here say a year or two, I shouldn't have to cheerlead. We know what we do. It's just like in football. Coach doesn't have to motivate you. If he has to motivate you, he's going to replace you. Just like in the Navy Seals. The sergeant or the captain doesn't motivate you. You're a Navy SEAL because you're self-motivated. If you have to be motivated as a Navy SEAL, you're in the wrong branch of the military. You need to go peel potatoes or something. By the time you reach young man or young woman stage in Christianity, you're self-motivated. You're self-disciplined. You are a perpetual force of strength on your own because you have a walk with God on your own. You've spent baby stage and you've spent little child stage being taught how to walk with God. And the only way you'll ever be a young man or young woman in Christ is you walk with God on your own. Like we said in the beginning, by the time a teenager reaches college age, they've been trained enough, they've uh, they've demonstrated and personified responsibility enough, mom and dad can let them go away to school and trust that they'll be able to take care of themselves. In that regard, we could say, A young man or young woman in Christ knows how to take care of themselves spiritually. We're looking at some more stuff here. We have have several more uh, descriptors to go through. This is just number two out of eight attributes of young men in Christ. A young man or woman in Christ no longer needs a cheerleader. You're going to make it, Kiki. I believe in you. You can do it. You don't need that anymore. David had mighty men of valor. They were all young men. At, for, as, as he was developing them, you can watch it. We've written lessons on it. You can see at first they need a lot of encouragement, but once they got it, David say, "Go take that city for me." All right, who do you want me to send? I don't know. Just grab somebody, and they just grab somebody, and go kill a city. They just did it. They didn't need encouragement anymore. In the early stages, they did, but you didn't get to be a mighty man of valor staying a baby under David's army. You had to grow. Look at our next verse here, 1 John 2, 14c. I have written unto you, young men, because the word of God abideth in you. Young men aren't just hearing and hearing the word. They have allowed it to take root in them. So you've got to, uh, if you're going to become a young man or woman in Christ, it's not enough just to come to church. It's not enough to let pastors serve you uh, a meal at at, at service time. But you've got to go home and know how to fix a spiritual meal for yourself. It's one thing to come to church and let the teachers and the preachers serve you a buffet, and that's awesome. Even in the natural, adults know how to both go to a buffet, and they know how to fix it themselves. Little children, though, don't fix any of their food themselves. But when you get to be about 14, 15, maybe when you're 10, 11, 12, mom starts teaching how to make simple things. And by the time you're 14, 15, 16, you could honestly be a pretty good gourmet chef if mom put a lot of time in you. Uh, I was brought up in the South and I learned how to fix a lot of stuff. Uh, And even I actually fine tune a lot of my cooking skills, backpacking in the back country. And so an adult or we could say a young man or woman in Christ, they don't have to depend on somebody to feed them spiritually. They're able to feed themselves. Now, that doesn't deal away with having a pastor. We understand that. But when you go home, you know how to feed yourself. Pastor just taught you how to feed yourself. When you go home, you know how to get in the word and get something out of the word. And what, what that is, it culminates to in, in this verse, it says, the Word of God abides in you. You know how to feed yourself. You know how to do the Word that's preached to you, whether in Sunday school or at special services or with just pastor preaching at you. You have that Word abiding in you. It dwells in you. And if it ever gets low, you fill it back up. And the thing is, a young man or woman in Christ can tell when it's getting low. They can tell when they're spiritually weak. Just like you and I, we're old enough now, we can tell when we've not eaten all day. A little child, you give them a bunch of caffeine, they can't explain what just happened to their body. They're just bouncing off the walls. You and I, we can tell when the caffeine kicks in. You and I, we can tell when the sugar kicks in. You and I, we can tell when the morphine drip kicks in or whatever because we understand our bodies. And a young man or woman in Christ understands their spirit being and their spiritual condition. They can tell, I've not prayed in three days. I've not been in the Word in two days. I can tell I've not been to church since Wednesday and it's, it's just Saturday. We've got to hurry up and get to church. That's when you can tell you're spiritual, when you can feel the differences here. You're starting to, to get a feel for, in a sense, your spiritual body, though that's not a true biblical term, but you understand what I'm saying. You can tell when the Word's in you and you can tell when it's depleted. The word, just like Jesus Christ said, you don't live by bread alone, but by every word. And just like natural food gives our natural body natural energy, spiritual food the word of god gives our spiritual life a spiritual energy a little child can't understand that's why mommy will always say oh they're fussy because they haven't eaten they don't know why they're fussy they just it just comes out oh they're 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 just crabby because they need some food or they're bouncing off the wall somebody's giving them sugar mommy can see that but the child doesn't understand what's going on even even more sad is when parents give their kids nyquil to calm them down and make them go to sleep they're basically drugging their kids Or back in the old days, when it was still lawful, they'd give them toddies, hot toddies, and mix a little bit of bourbon in with their milk to knock the kid out. The kid didn't know what was happening, but mom and dad sure did. Young men are students of the Word and have a grasp of the Scripture that will only tighten with time. When you're you're still a child and and you're developing into a young man, you might have a, a grasp of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts, and... Romans, and Ephesians, and Timothy, and Hebrews, Revelation. (laughs) Alright, that's a pretty good grasp. Fill in the blanks. Then you come over to the Old Testament. Genesis, Exorcist, Mm -hmm. Leviathan. (laughs) No, no, those are movies. No, Genesis, Exodus. And then you start to understand how they all fit together. Somebody, Somebody said, Genesis, Exorcist, Leviathan, do the right thing. (laughs) <laughs> no, those are all movies. <laughs> a young man has a, or a young woman has a good grasp of the Scriptures, a good handhold of it, and it'll only tighten with time. They mustn't always be reminded of the Word. They remind themselves of the Word because the Word dwells in them. They encourage themselves in the Word. They don't always need somebody to Facebook an encouraging Word. Now, we're not against those, but when you have to live off of those from day to day, something's wrong. There's a proper place for it and there's a proper time for it, but I personally, uh, once you get to a certain place in Christ, you don't need a a, a daily devotional book. A daily devotional book is like canned baby food. And I remember being in college and uh, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers was the most famous. I believe it was Oswald Chambers, I think, yeah. And everybody I was in college with was reading that. It's a daily devotional, it's a great thing. I, I tried it. I couldn't get into it much, but I was daily reading the Bible anyway. In a sense, daily devotionals are for those that don't know how to read the Bible. They're for those who don't know how to study the Bible, so they get this little baby portion of, of God. Now, that's great when you've been saved a week. But around here, you're going to grow fast if you do with the Word. And so if after 20 years in Christ, your walk with Jesus Christ is a daily devotional out of a publisher's house, something's not right with you. like I'm 36 years old here this month if I'm still eating baby food out of a can and somebody's feeding it to me there's issues and so we're not against daily devotionals and we're not against read through the bible in a year but by the time you become a young man in Christ you know how to feed yourself you know how to get in the word and dig for yourself you know how to see what's wrong with you and go find a scripture that fixes it that's what makes you a young man But if your whole Christian walk revolves around, I've got this awesome little devotional, and we're not against them, but if that's all you've got, you're still a babe. You might be creeping into little child stage, but you're still a babe because somebody else is still spoon-feeding you. And I remember, I used to hear it a lot. I was reading my utmost worst highest this morning, and it's just what I needed to hear. Well, every day it's going to be just what you need to hear because you're a spirit being and God's trying to talk to you. And if the only time you spend with him is out of a devotional, he will make it fit your situation. He's, he's the Holy Ghost. He can do that. But we've got to mature beyond that to where we can teach somebody else. If all you ever do is live out of a devotional, you'll never be a discipler. And the sad thing is you won't ever be able to be a disciple because you've limited your discipleship to a book. You've got to be able to sit under somebody else and let them poke and prod on you. And I think perhaps uh, maybe many Christians choose to have a Christian walk through a devotional book because there's no real confrontation and there's no real stretch. It's just three paragraphs, five minutes in the morning, and I feel spiritual. Now, a real disciple is going to stretch you every day, and that's going to grow you. And every day we're going to walk you further, and every day we're going to push you harder. We'll do that in the natural with a personal trainer, but we don't want to do it with Christ. Um, they remind themselves of the word, they encourage themselves in the word. they are self-disciplined. Young men and women live in the word, and it abides in them. So that's pretty clear. The word of God abides in you. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 14:20. "Brethren, be not children in understanding. howbeit in malice be you children, but in understanding be men." So one of the things that defines young men is their understanding. They have a a spiritual grasp. They have a spiritual knowing. They have a spiritual maturation in the things that they understand. They have a biblical understanding of spiritual things and they act on that understanding. Their life is defined by what they understand from the Word and not how they feel. That's what we've got to understand. We've got to let the Word make our decisions for us. When we teach on wisdom, there's a lot of stuff you don't have to pray about. If wisdom says don't do it, Ain't no prayer need to be prayed. Just don't do it. Wisdom says don't sleep with the harlot. I save myself prayer time. (laughs) I just obey the word. And when you have a a mind that's like I've been developed as a young man or young woman in Christ, you have an understanding of a lot more things. You understand spiritual principles. You understand why there's a chain of command. You understand why nobody just gets up and takes over a service. You understand why we do offering a certain way. You have a better understanding. You understand how we pray for people. You understand why we pray for people. You understand the importance of evangelism. I tell the story of the woman that left the church and one of her problems was we went door-to-door evangelizing. That's a baby Christian. I actually scratch that. I don't know what that is because even babies like to tell people about Jesus. But that person just lacks serious understanding. We go door to door evangelizing because that's the Great Commission. That's one of the things that makes us a Christian. We tell other people about Jesus Christ. That's pretty simple. One of the things that makes you a young man or woman in Christ is your understanding. And if you lack it, you might still be a child. Children understand things differently than young people, young adults do. And we understand it. That. That's a pretty easy one to see. Their understanding can be described as spiritual and not carnal. Uh, immature Christians have a carnal understanding of things. They don't understand how to behave themselves in the church. They don't have an honor for the church. Uh, I watch it with a lot of our visitors. They come in, they just slouch. They, they don't even have a proper honor for the house of God. There's just a lack of understanding. They like to call me by my first name. Hey, Chris. Great, man. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Chris? Like. You don't have a spiritual understanding. You don't understand protocol. You don't call your coach Jim. You don't call the president Barack. You don't call your dad Thomas. There's there's codes of honor. And folks that lack understanding, well, they lack understanding. And even Paul said sometimes you have to let the ignorant be ignorant still. That means they're just going to perpetually be a little child. And that is spiritual retardation. Their growth has been Retarded. Let's move on here Hebrews 5:14 this is the verse I like the most but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age even those who by reason of use that term reason of use means it's a habit or a power acquired by practice custom and use even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil there's a lot wrapped up in that verse I pull three points out of that. Point number five. Young men have made a custom of exercising their senses in conjunction with the Word of God and are working to produce a strong sense of discernment in their life. So what makes you a young man is you're not just being reminded of the Word. Now you're actually acting on the Word by yourself and you're you're using it. You're exercising it to produce things. It's kind of like developing a sense of judgment. like just in my life I did geology for many years and in doing geology for many years we surveyed a lot and you got a good sense of judgment I'm still pretty spot on accurate I can look and say it's about 55 feet to that corner right there by reason of use by using lasers and tapes you just get a sense it's about 55 feet yeah and that's about 35 feet back there no problem and we'd even bet on it not really but we we take bets and call shots and just by reason of use We weren't always dependent on a tape or whatever. We could just eyeball it because we practiced it all the time and practiced it all the time. Some folks are good at it. They can hear an engine. They can tell you what kind of engine it is by reason of use. You know, if you get into music, you can tell a musician by the way they play their instrument. By reason of use, you've trained your ear. That's a Jimi Hendrix guitar. That's a Phil Driscoll trumpet. That's a Louis Armstrong trumpet. That's a Gene Krupa drum. Uh, That's a What's that? I'm trying to think of that 90s rock band that has the crazy bass, Primus. That's a Primus bass line right there. You can hear Primus a mile away. By reason of use, you've got your senses trained. You know, you don't, you're not just sitting there doing nothing. Little children don't understand any of that stuff. Little children are still trying to figure out what is a foot, much less that's about 55 feet over there. We've got to exercise our senses. So young men have taken the Word of God and they've exercised. They've made a custom. That's what the Hebrew, or the Greek word says is a, a, a habit or a power acquired by practice, custom, and use. You and I, to mature, have got to put the Word of God in our life and make the daily use of it a custom and a practice. And the practice and the custom of the Word of God in our life will give us tremendous power. They are, because young men have their senses discerned, trained, they are therefore not easily bamboozled by liars, connivers, false ministers, anti- antichrists, or the like. The term full age means perfect and fully mature. They graduated from only hearing the Word of God to actually living a life of acting on the Word. What, you, what I want you to see is that this verse does not apply to young men, but young men are in this stage this verse applies to the fathers because the term full age means perfectly mature young men are not but this is something this is an arena they have set, settled down into this is an arena they're striving into this is where they've begun to reach into and this is where they're trying to live so that they, they have great successes in this not a hundred percent successes but a lot of their life is trying and endeavoring to live in this verse we know it's not young men because the verse says full age so they're not fully there yet they're not fathers yet, but that's where they're striving. And the more a person lives in Hebrews 5.14, the more they will become a father in the faith. Every one of us ought to be shooting for this verse. This is not a young man in Christ. This is a father, but we can see that, the, uh, yeah, that young man, uh, that these young men are headed down this road. We can see that they're, they're shooting for this. Also from this verse, we see point six, young men discern both good and evil. It's often quoted good from evil, but the Bible verse says they can discern both good and evil. Childish Christians are really good at only distinguishing blatant evil, and they call attention to it. In fact, that's probably one of the greatest, I don't want to say greatest, that's a great sign of immaturity. All you can see is what's wrong. I can't stand sheep in my church that all they can see is what's wrong. Did you see how Keilah did that, Pastor? Yeah. Well, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Did you not see the 75 things she did awesome yesterday? Well, well, what? Well, yeah, but the one thing. So what about the one thing? Well, aren't you going to do anything? What about you? Look at you gossiping. Look at you being a tattletale. Immature Christians only see the wrong. They can only see the evil. But the mature Christian sees both the good and the evil. God the Father sees both good and evil. He'll draw, he draws attention to both of them. And mercy rejoices against judgment, so the mercy of God really just wants to emphasize the good. It's the tattletale, it's the immature Christian that's always wanting to narc, squeal, and point out what's wrong. Childish Christians are really good at only distinguishing blatant evil and they call attention to it. This is often likened unto tattletaling. Young men see the good and they commend it and they see the evil and they condemn it. A young man has begun to distinguish both good and evil in their own life. Now that's another trait of a childish Christian. They see evil in everybody's life but their own. But when you get some maturity about you, you can see good and evil in your life and you can see good and evil in everybody's life. And because you can see the evil in your life, you have mercy on the evil in Shayla's life. And you say, hey, she's goofy in that area, but it ba- balances the goofy in my area. So, hey, I'm going to pray for her. God will deal with both of us, and we'll just go on. But that immature, childish Christian, all they see is Mr. Wendell doesn't do it like this. Ms. Veer doesn't do it like that. I don't like how Daniel does this. And we're always quick. I, I remember, now that I think about it, <laughs> I'm going to pat myself on the back. 1998, so what is that, 15 years ago, Fourteen years ago, we went to Key West, this guy Andrew Martin and I, down there for spring break. And, and the Lord led me down there. It was a very supernatural trip, and we don't have time for the full testimony. But Andrew prayed with two guys to get born again in, in that, the first day we got there. And then I prayed with five people every day for the rest of the week to get born again. So I prayed with 25 people in five days to get born again. We laid hands on probably scores of people, saw some people get healed, ministered to some people. It was awesome. And so I come back, and I'm just a college kid, very rough around the edges. And and it seemed to me in this church, thank God that was 12, 14 years ago, all we ever did back then was look at what people were doing wrong, but nobody would ever help you do better. And so in many regards, I was just self-taught and self-raised up. And so Pastor Vaughn had me get up and testify about what we did. And everybody was, praise God, 27 people get born again. And he said, and what would you tell them if they were born again? And I said, well, we've told them if they were born again, they have a church. And we hadn't heard anybody teach us to witness to Christians to get into a church and that that you should find a good one. He said, what did you tell them if the church wasn't good? And so then I said, well, if your church stinks, but I used a harder word than that, if your church stinks, don't go there, find a better one. Well, the whole church freaked out. And they totally forgot the good we had done. 27 people born again because a crusty college kid Said S-U-C-K-S. And that was just too much to handle. And so, and actually, Pastor Vaughn took the mic away from me. Maybe me sit down. And I, I didn't know what I'd done wrong. I wasn't trying to cuss. I was just expressing myself. It's good enough to get twenty-seven people born again in five days, which was more than anybody else in the church had done. But I get negated because of one S-U-C-K-S. Because I use that to describe something crummy. I didn't mean anything vulgar by it. It's just college lingo. Nowadays, I hear it from all my preacher friends. It's just times have shifted. So immature people, they only spot evil and they don't notice the good. Instead of saying, man, God bless that kid. (laughs) In fact, Pastor Vaughn even prayed for me not long before that. Lord, make his tongue the pen of a ready writer. Basically help him talk better. Yeah, immature. It kind of shows me where the church was 14 years ago. So critical like that. Childish Christians can only see the good in their life. That's immature. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Every man is eager to declare his own good. Yeah. Verse 7, or point 7, Young men live on meat. That's another characteristic of men. We live on meat. Young men live on meat. Babes live on milk, and then you give them mush, and then you start to give them a little bit harder stuff. But men live on meat. The New Testament speaks of meat. John four thirty four. 34, Jesus said that my meat is to do the will of the Father. 1 Corinthians 3, 2 says, I would feed you with meat, but you're not able to bear it. But the New Testament speaks of meat, and then this verse says strong meat. So there's a difference. Young men are adept with meat and are are in the process of, of developing strong meat in their life. Young men still crave the milk of the Word to chase the meat down with. And we're to always crave the milk of the Word. That's the only baby quality we're allowed to keep. The only little child quality we're allowed to keep is malice. Be childlike in malice. I want you to see, again, this verse 514 applies to fathers because they're full-aged and they have strong meat. But there are two two categories of meat, meat and then strong meat. But young men, we're very adept at meat. That's what we're going for. Acts 2.17, got to move here. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I know this verse applies to supernatural visions, but I want to take it a little bit out of context and teach a biblical truth with it. Though this verse is speaking of supernatural visions and trances, we can also apply it to life vision. Young men have a vision for their life that exceeds beyond today and themselves. Teenagers only think about the next Xbox game. They only think about the girl liking them on Facebook. But when you become a young man, you start thinking about what college am I going to go to? What am I going to get a degree in? What's that going to pay? Who am I going to marry? You start developing a longer vision. It's not just you and saving up Coke money to go get a sodi Pop. Or, or mommy was mean to me. It's a lot longer term than that. Young men have a vision for their life that exceeds beyond today and even themselves. A mature vision glorifies God and seeks to reach as many people as possible. Children only see themselves and immediate gratification. Young men are seeing things much further off into the future and are living today in such a way as to ensure they obtain the vision. Let me go back real quick about meat. Meat is the heavy teaching of the Word of God and the complex doing. We know from what Jesus said, meat is doing the milk. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will. So a child starts to eat meat when a child starts to do what they've been taught. And then you're developing a ad- diet of constantly doing the word. And then as you age in Christ, the meat becomes stronger meat. You're doing bigger things. You're doing more complex things. You're getting deeper revelation and you're having to apply it. There's a lot to be taught on there that we don't have time for, but hopefully you can see that. Young men are seeing things much further off into the future and are living today in such a way as to ensure they obtain the vision. That's what we've been teaching around here lately. What is your vision and what are you doing to get it? If you'll get a hold of that, it'll automatically help bring you up in your Christian maturation. Transitional growth, our last section here. As with any and all healthy growth, stages are not arrived at overnight, instantaneously, or all at once. When your teeth come in, do they come in all at once? No, they come in one at a time. Kids lose teeth one at a time. And we say they shoot up overnight, but really they don't. They grow microscopically. It's just when you won't watch it that it seems like they do. A young man in Christ is developing into that stage, striving to be a father in the faith while still cleaning up little child messes. I want you to see that. A young man in Christ is developing into stages Striving to be a father in the faith while cleaning, still cleaning up little child messes. So like I said, you've got babe, then you've got little child, then you've got young man, then you've got father. And it's a gradation. You're leaving behind little sh- childish stuff and you're stretching forth to being a father and a mature one and you find most of your life in that young man stage. Or maybe you're coming out of baby stage and you're striving for being a young man in Christ and you find yourself mostly in little child stage. And even as you transition, you still got some baby stuff, but you've got some mature stuff coming too. And the most of you is in the little child stage. And even as you get into being a father, there's nothing else but heaven. And you, I've heard the fathers in the faith start talking more about heaven because that's their next promotion. There's nowhere to go but up. And though they're talking about heaven, they've still got to be a father. And they're still doing immature young man stuff, but they, they, they keep looking. And you hear them say that. I've I've seen it in their books and heard their testimonies before they did die. They were ready to go. They were tired of being a father. They were reaching towards that next thing. So I say that to say, you're not going to fix 25 things in your life and that's going to give you enough stars to be a young man or woman in Christ. It's a gradational thing. In some areas, you may always be a little child and those will be those things that thwart you. But you've got to get a bulk of your life in at least young man stage before you go home. These stages are not achieved all at once. They are grown into. Be encouraged. Even the apostles demonstrated childish behavior at times. Whether it was Paul's stubbornness to return to Jerusalem, Peter's bigotry against the Gentiles and fear of the Jews, or Barnabas' bias toward his nephew John Mark that produced a strong contention between him and Paul. Even these apostles were ding-dongs from time to time. They made mistakes. We are all still growing, so be sure you never stop. So hopefully that lesson's pretty clear, some things you can see, eight qualities of a young man or woman in Christ, and you can kind of start to judge yourself and say, how much of that's working in my life? How much is not? How much uh, is still a little child? How much is not? Do I have any baby stuff still in me? If so, Lord Jesus, help me. I still do stuff from time to time, and I say, my God, what am I thinking? Lord Jesus, help me. That is so stupid. Why did I do that? And then I don't even beat myself up anymore. That's one of the greatest signs of a young man in Christ. Condemnation doesn't register. I even more anymore, I just say, Lord, that's pathetic. That stuff's still in me. Forgive me, Lord. Just squeeze me till it's all out. Lord, you knew it was there before I did it. Have mercy on me. And I, I don't even deal with condemnation anymore. I don't even have time for it. It's just stupid. I'm forgiven. I know I am. So we go on. I'm still going to do some stuff because it's still in me somewhere. You just shake your head and go on. Hopefully you can see some things about this. Next lesson is going to be fathers and mothers in the faith. That's the final stage of Christian growth. Very few Christians ever get there, but we should all strive for it. We should all strive to be a mother in the faith or a father in the faith. That's what we aim for. Father, bless these folks. I thank you for our time here. Bless all those that listen to these lessons in the future. Help them to grow, develop, and mature and not stay the same. In Jesus' name, amen.